passages in front of you, particularly the one from Matthew's Gospel, as we continue our series through the Sermon on the Mount. Let us pray again before we look at God's Word. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that you speak whenever your Word is read. And we pray that we would hear you again now as we contemplate and think on the significance of this great passage spoken by the Lord Jesus. And we pray that as we do so, you would change and shape our hearts, that we as your saved people would live more like Jesus every day. Amen. In one sense, it's a funny thing to sing about money. But there are lots and lots of songs about money. Uh, some of them are, you know, a bit more highbrow than others. Fiddler on the Roof has, If I Were a Rich Man. So for those of you who know that, yeah, I could see some people singing it right now. Uh, and uh, <coughs> for those who are a bit more with it, there's uh, Money, Money, Money from ABBA. Uh, that's a contemporary hit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's Material Girl from Madonna. Who can forget that? Wasn't that a high point in culture? <laughs> of course, there's lots more, isn't there? There's lots of great, I mean, well, songs about money anyway. And at one level, it may seem strange to sing about money. But the desire to have money is a common human trait. And it's so natural that there's songs about it and really popular ones too. Money is something that lots of people want just a little bit more of. Or if they're being more honest, they'd like lots more of. Indeed, Western society is built around money and what you can buy with money. Our economy is based around wealth creation and consumption. You hear economists and governments talking about the importance of this all the time. Money is what makes the world go round. How does money, though, relate to the Christian life? Now that we're saved by Jesus' death on the cross, how are we as his saved people to relate to money? Well, as we've been seeing, the Sermon on the Mount is all about how we should live as God's saved people. Living this way doesn't earn our salvation. It's the godly way to live as we wait for Jesus to return, having been saved. And this new radical way of living is a contrast both to the Pharisees on the one hand and the pagans on the other. And you see them pop up in the text all the time. This new way of life doesn't earn our salvation. It's the way we ought to live having been saved by Jesus. And now Jesus turns his attention in the Sermon on the Mount to the topic of money. And he starts by contrasting two different types of treasure. Have a look in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermins do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. The first kind of treasure is what we would normally think of as treasure. It's material stuff. It's the treasures of this world. 
but we're told here that it doesn't last. And you can see there a first century list of things that can happen to wealth in the ancient world. But we could add to that today war and inflation, stock market crashes, property bubbles, lawsuits and more, couldn't we? Floods, yes. Droughts. Bushfires. We could keep going, couldn't we? Material treasure in this world is inherently fragile. There are a stack of ways that it could disappear. And eventually, we die, and at that point, we own nothing. Jesus tells us not to store up this kind of treasure for ourselves, this treasure that doesn't last. Now, we should say this isn't a word against being prudent about our finances and working hard so we can fulfil our responsibilities. It's about selfish accumulation of assets for me. That's what it's about. Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves. And he's pointing out the foolishness of selfish hoarding of material wealth. Instead, we ought to store up for ourselves a second kind of treasure. And this treasure is in heaven. There it is free from all the ways that material treasure in this world disappears including the death of the owner. It is treasure that lasts. What is this heavenly treasure that lasts? Well, Jesus doesn't actually explain it here. But we get a strong indication from elsewhere in Scripture. The work of the gospel that is not burnt up, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that's worth a read. Christians who have come to faith in Jesus in part because of our prayers and our efforts in the mission of Jesus. Philippians 4.1 and 1 Thessalonians 2.19. So this treasure is not something selfish, but rather the joy of seeing others believe in Jesus and be saved and be in heaven with us forever. That's what the treasure is. So friends, what kind of treasure do you desire? Heavenly? Or material and Jesus goes on to say what we desire matters look at verse 21 for where your treasure is there your heart will be also it's the most curious saying of Jesus what he's saying is that the treasure we desire affects where our heart goes that what we long for actually affects our hearts it affects our very selves. Indeed, our hearts will follow the treasure that we long for. If we long for the material wealth that passes away, that is what our hearts will become like. But if we long to see people in the kingdom and growing in godliness and Christ-likeness, then our hearts will be moved by that. It will be soft hearts. Friends, what do you long for? What's your treasure that you hope for? Is it material? Or is it heavenly?
the next concern of Christian prayer. Well, in verses 22 to 23, Jesus now tells a little parable that illustrates the importance of longing for the right thing, of seeking the right treasure. It's a parable about the eye, the organ by which we see the world. And if it's healthy, it has a huge impact on our well-being. If it's not healthy, it's very bad for our well-being. Now, he's not really talking about physical eyesight, is he? The context tells us that this is a metaphor for longing or looking for the right kind of treasure. What are our eyes seeking? Are they seeking heavenly riches? Or are they seeking material riches? So once again, he's saying that what our treasure is matters. What we're looking for matters. And Jesus goes on to say even plainer in verse 24. Have a look at verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It doesn't get much more pointed than that, does it? You cannot serve both God and money. One will be master, either God or money. Kind of a who will you serve moment, isn't it? Imagine yourself as a knight and two kings or would-be pretenders to the throne are, are asking you for their support and you're there going, who will I fight for? Who will I live for? Who will I defend to the death? Who will I serve? You cannot serve both, for only one can be king. And in the same way, Jesus' words challenge us as to who we will choose to serve. Will we serve God? Or will we serve money? We, mustn't, we must choose, says Jesus. For we cannot serve both. And friends, this is the central challenge of this passage of the Scriptures. As believers, we want to serve God. But what Jesus says here is there are no rivals. God will not tolerate any rivals. If we want to serve God, if we want to serve Him, then we cannot serve money at the same time. Or to put it another way, our treasure must be exclusively in heaven if we're to serve God faithfully. So let us serve God alone and long for his treasure in heaven. May that be what we earnestly desire with every fibre of our being and with every moment in each day. And as we do so, we will find that we are liberated from the normal worries of life. A worry about whether there'll be enough to survive this world. Look at verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. 
Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, be by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Those who have God as their master don't have to worry about having enough, for God will take care of them. And Jesus uses several illustrations to make the same point. In verse 25 to 27, he speaks about, the, about food and the birds. And in verses 28 to 31, he talks about clothes and flowers, and his point is the same for both. Don't worry, trust God. God will provide. There was a song that came out ooh, a while back. It was Don't Worry, Be Happy. Yes, another high point of culture that was. And, and let me say, it was wishful thinking, wasn't it? But you know what? We ought not to worry, not because we can just say, I'll be happy, but because God will provide. Our master is trustworthy and will provide for us. So let us trust him. Indeed, he tells us that instead of worrying about money, again, we ought to have a very different focus. Look at verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Once again, powerful words from the Lord Jesus about what our priorities should be. Our focus should be God's kingdom and his righteousness. That's what his saved people should be focusing on. All the other stuff that the non-Christians or the pagans worry about, well, that will be provided. So don't worry about that. Don't focus on that. Focus on God's kingdom, says Jesus. It's one of those paradoxes of life that those who don't chase after material wealth but instead are focused on the kingdom, well, they receive that. They receive enough to live. So friends, the choice is ours. As God's saved people, we can live lives of worry and futilely grasp after wealth and be ineffective in the kingdom. Because we spend our time chasing after what the non-Christians chase after. Or we can choose to live lives of peace as we serve God and his kingdom. Let's choose wisely. Let's not get duped by the advertising of this world. But let's believe God's word. Let's believe the words of Jesus we have read this morning and choose his treasure, the only treasure that lasts.
Let us pray by God's Spirit that we would do so. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that your treasure, the treasure in heaven of seeing others there, is treasure that lasts. That it does not pass away in the way that the treasure of this world does. And we thank you, Lord, that when we focus on your treasure in our lives, on your kingdom, and seek that first, we know that you as our master will provide for us and our needs will be met. Thank you for your grace. And we pray that we who have been saved by Jesus would live focused lives, Focused on your kingdom. Focus on seeing people enter your kingdom through faith in Jesus. And focused on living like Jesus in a world that is lost. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.